if you smell what the insider is cooking. Episode seven, boys. You have any idea who you're talking to here? You guys have any any idea who you're talking to right now? Not just an Emmy Award winner this week. (laughs) No, it goes a little further than that. Yeah, I uh, went ahead and uh, broke the Jack Eichel trade today, boys. (laughs) No big deal. First day on the job. First day on the job broke the biggest trade of the decade. As of right now, until McDavid gets traded. Thanks for joining us, Gio. Thanks for having me on. I feel very special to be in your presence today. Well, you you're said up that early you, and Adam, you're up early and Adam. And you uh, said that in the text message today. And you're and you guys being the leaders that you are and the the guys that are always the heart and soul of the team. I really appreciate that recognition coming from you guys. It means a ton. That validation from you, Gio, means absolutely nothing to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to help you out. Uh, thanks for being here. Hey, River. Are you done? Are you done there, Petey? It's funny you done you there, ask. Insider? Hey, Let Gio, me tell you something. Have you ever am seen? I done? Am I done? I, Riv, my reel open? That was supposed to happen an hour ago? <laughs> that just came to me, this part. Because what, what just happened for an hour, Gio? Technical difficulties on six of Craig's computers today especially the brand new gold one (laughs) guy buys the gold macbook ladies and gentlemen the gold one he can't seem to get it working but yes we are done craig why do you ask something bothering you think of the thinking you're on mute Uh uh-oh i want you to think of it you shut off your mic this is what we're dealing with people just a total amateur. You've only been to look how red his face is, Gio. He's so he's so embarrassed right now because he's. I like, am not embarrassed because oh, it's he, not me. This is the 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 technology that I'm dealing with. Um, it happened again. It just went again. I'm gonna drop off a new mic to your house later on. Well, that's the thing, Gio. So he, this is the best part about it, is you and I have this. Basic blue, blue yeti, and ribs. Ribs has the most expensive mic on the block. He can't even get it to work. And a new computer that he can't get to work. I am not. I am not cutting that uh, that last part out. Even though we had to take a little quick break there, because because uh, Craig's terrible with technology. Listen, enough enough for the people that are tuning in because there might be more today than ever because I did, I, I broke the story. I, I broke the trade. And, um, more importantly, what do you guys think of the deal? It's an, you know, it's a new era in Buffalo. Uh, Jack's finally gone and you know, it's something we've been waiting for for a while. I didn't know who it was going to be, but thoughts on the deal. I think the first thing that we should do is uh, recognize your excellence for for breaking this trade, which I woke up this morning and uh, I didn't even know anything. I knew, you know, listen, I mean, you you text me this morning, said that Eichel had been traded, you know, lots to talk about today. 
and you said, uh, by the way, just a little humble brag that uh, I am the one who broke the trade. And my original thought was, that's not the text at all. <laughs> that's not the text. Go ahead. Go ahead. You read the text. You read your claim to fame. No, right go now. ahead. No, go keep going. I will later, but go ahead. Keep going with what you're saying. So you woke up, you found out I was enjoying this. You were about to pump my tires. And that doesn't happen very often, but no, you know, listen, I mean, you have, uh, you have some contacts, um, that uh, that confirmed this trade and and sent you uh sent you a nice message at about 1:40 in the morning and uh you woke up this morning to that text and you know you were the first one to kind of uh send it out so congratulations to you insider oh thank you it's welcome just nice to be in your presence it is all the info that's coming out of you same thing i woke up took the kids to school and saw it on yours and then I had to sift through my feed to see if there was anyone else who had done it before. And there wasn't. No one else had it but Petey. I got to tell you, I couldn't imagine what trade deadline day is like for these guys. I mean, it's it, like, I, I, Rev, how many days in a row have I been texting you that it's Vegas? How many days? You have, you've said that quite a bit. I mean, for the last, uh, for the last week, you've been solely, solely on Vegas um and uh you know you obviously you have some people that uh that you've uh that you're dealing with that have given you some inside information and uh that information came true in one of the biggest trades and most anticipated trades in a very long time well what i thought was amazing and i don't like to connect dots but learning how the business works i just thought it was amazing that the other night i tweeted i think it's vegas or grievance and then Emily Kaplan goes on ESPN and talks about how Calgary's involved. And then Kevin Adams throws, or Kevin Adams, Kevin Weeks throws out an absolute monster of a tweet last night talking about Kachuk and first round picks with Calgary. And I'm just like, I knew it wasn't real. I knew it wasn't real. And, and the Vegas thing was, it was so close that you know is like it was just a matter of time and I, I just think i just think learning how the business works i think that someone someone sent kevin weeks a, a shitty message and it you know to get to because he's a big name and he's got a big following completely bogus completely bogus tip what did you what did you say it was you called it a smoke screen yeah yeah times you're you you said last night you're like there is absolutely no way in a million years that that trade was offered by Calgary. This is a smokescreen. Someone sent out inside information, like a little Gio, bit of a message. That Kevin Weeks deal, even if you're asked to retain salary on Jack, you're taking it. Yeah, I mean, like, you like that trade-off. Uh, and I think it's been said that, you know, that would have been moved on right away if that were to have been on the table. Well, Kevin Adams um, confirmed it today, and I know I'm dating the podcast, but just to what you're saying, he confirmed it today that that was false. The Kachuk name was false, and that was a, it was an unfortunate scoop. Yeah, and I, and I love Kevin too, right? Uh, Weeks, it's so it's it's tough uh, for him, like you said, he's got a huge following, and so I'm just 
I, I'm not in the, I'm not in it yet. Right. Like you are or, or whatnot. So I don't have that business side of it, seeing the other side of it, but that's unfortunate for him. And I, you know, ah. cause he does have a lot of, he knows a lot of people. Yeah. It's and that's, amazing. and the funny thing is Kevin Adam or this morning in his presser confirmed that confirmed that, that it was, it was bogus information. There was, there was nothing there. Do, and all do you of a think sudden, that's, the, do, the, let me flip it a little bit. Do you think maybe there was some credibility to it? Those names were tossed out and that you don't want to. So Kevin comes out and denies it because he doesn't want there to be a comparison deal later on to, to be there. Is it that he doesn't want people saying he should have done a different deal or is he it likes this deal better or that he believes in this deal better? Is there something there that maybe it's doing that? Like yeah, taking you know some what? pressure off of himself and saying, listen, yeah. this was the best deal. Instead of people saying, why would you pass on Kachuk? You know, maybe, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm you completely can look throwing and, and, it out there. Or they're burying Kevin oh. Weeks. Or they're burying Kevin Weeks because Calgary doesn't want Kachuk to know that his name was out there. Right? Like, who knows? Like, who, who knows? It could they, be, Kevin it could Weeks be could be trying the scapegoat to save here. face. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So you can look at it that way, Gio, and I, I, I completely understand where you're coming from. At the same time, you can also look at it that Kevin Weeks was given information, an insider scoop, and he put that out there thinking that this was – he was, he was uh, breaking something extremely interesting, and uh, there's, there's a lot of legs to it. But I, I definitely feel, think he, I he trusted like who Kevin, told him. I feel like uh, Kevin Weeks was given bad information to basically use him to build because I believe that the Vegas Golden Knights and the Buffalo Sabres had a deal done. There was, it was right there at the finish line. And it just so, it just so happens that once the deal was almost done and one party, one party, chose to step away from that deal, okay? And it, later on that night, there's a tweet that comes out from Kevin Weeks that Calgary is offering Matthew Kachuk, first round here, uh, high prospect there, and you're looking at the deal going, what? Really? Well, who was this for? Was it for Calgary and all the people that were watching the Jack Eichel sweepstakes, or, or it was for the team that was – first negotiating and, and trying to push them over the edge. That's what I feel happened. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, it, both it, are, certainly both are very realistic opportunity, but, it, but it's realistic too. that Calgary was right in it. And now they're damage controlling with their, t one of their top guys and a guy that could be their franchise guy moving forward for a while too. He yes. has been on damage control for a while because he's not happy there. So it doesn't matter if he is in that situation that his name gets out in a trade because he's already unhappy. Kachuk wants out of there. So let's, let's make this about the actual trade itself. Eichel wanted out of here. Sabres wanted Eichel out of here. I'm not convinced that talking Krebs wanted out of uh, Vegas, but they are the pieces in the deal. What do you think of the deal guys? They are the key pieces in the deal, along with a first-round pick and a, what is it, a second or a third? 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those, those deals are, the, the picks are still, those will be a few years out till you understand the true impact of the trade. Um, but I, I think it checks a lot of boxes for, I, I guess for both teams for that matter, but uh, clearly what Buffalo was trying to do and what Kevin had said in his press conference over and over again is players that wanted to be here, players that want to be a part of uh, the Sabres. Uh, he talked about that's why they moved on from Risto, Sam, Jack, uh, guys that want to be here. And uh, so I, I think it's it's great just in that manner that you've removed those distractions that uh, or those players, for that matter, in the in the conversation of 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 trying to change the direction of this team and and having players that want to be here. So. Uh, Tuck is huge, flies, really good player. And Krebs is a, a, a very promising young guy uh, that clearly they're going to take slowly and be patient with. Riv, I can't believe they were able to move Jack without the surgery. It's um, head scratching when you have a player that, uh, listen, I mean, when Jack Eichel is healthy, he is the best player in this deal without question. Um, he is a top, uh, top 10, top 15 player in the world when healthy. Um, but he has a neck issue. He needs surgery to be able to play this game again. And we don't know, you know, if he can have the surgery and he comes back and he plays a year, maybe two years, but that neck starts to bother him. And you just don't know what's going to happen with the longevity of, of Jack's neck. Even, even if, uh, if he is healthy and he does have the surgery, we just don't know how long and how that's going to react. But uh, I mean, as imagine Buffalo he comes Raiders back fan. and he, imagine he just shows up in Vegas and starts playing, doesn't even need the surgery. <laughs> could, no. could you imagine? That would, that would definitely be a very, you know, just thing that I would expect to happen after all this, all this shit that's gone on since, since back in May when in his, in his press conference, um, it's, it's, it's incredible. I, I, I don't know when he plays there. What do you think no one knows when Tuck plays. What's that? What do you think of the return? Well, that was the initial question to you. I mean, you know, it's like, I think it's a grand slam. I, 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 I think it's a grand slam because of Jack's neck injury. If Jack's, if Jack's Jack from a couple of years ago where he had that unbelievable year where if the team was close to the playoffs or in the playoffs, he might've won the friggin' heart trophy. Okay. Like yeah. if he was, if he's that Jack, I'm sitting here saying, and this is no disrespect to Tuck and Krebs. I'm just saying that other pick would be a first and there might even be another player in there. Okay. Right. So, but with Jack in the condition that he's in, like, I, I don't know an analogy. I mean, I feel like you, you just bought a Ferrari and it's been in a serious accident and it's ne it needed a brand new engine and it's still going to be a Ferrari. It's going to look like a Ferrari. It's going to move like a Ferrari, but it might not have, it might have some traction issues. The engine might not be the same because you had to rebuild it. And I just think, you know, are you going to have a 75% or 80% Ferrari in a Ferrari body? Or are you going to have the completely rebuilt Ferrari that you could put in a race tomorrow? I mean, sorry for the shitty analogy, guys, but, I mean, J Jack's a sports car in the, in the, on, a, on a team. Tough Only analogy. time will tell. Are you, 
trying to dissect that analogy? I mean, no, it's, it's, I understand the analogy. I mean, Jack is, uh, is elite. And when he, when he's healthy and he's ready to go, um, you know, Vegas, Vegas obviously is very, he, he, they're okay with him having this surgery. They feel very comfortable with him having the surgery or they wouldn't have offered up what they offered up. And Kevin Adams, you know, got to give him credit. Got to give him credit because he was patient. He wanted to stick to his guns. He knew how valuable um, Jack Eichel was and is to the future and the development of what, where this team is going. So he stuck to his guns and he, he ended up getting, I mean, Alex Tuck, I think Alex Tuck is, is tremendous player. I mean, tremendous the Buffalo Sabres fan base are going to be so pleased with this man when he steps into the lineup. And I know that he is dealing, he had surgery on his shoulder and you're looking at what, six, seven, eight months to make sure that he comes back and at full, at full tilt. But uh, Alex Tuck is a stud. He's a stud, not only on the ice, but he's a stud off the ice. And uh, he's at a perfect age. And when I say perfect, he's still a young player in this league. He's 25 years old. He has got the best years of his NHL career ahead of him. And we're, we just acquired a first line right winger that can skate and shoot as well as any first line right winger in the league. Um, he's 6'4", he's 220 pounds. And wait do you see this guy skate. We're going to be very pleased with what we uh, with what we've acquired, and we all know that uh, you know we we got the number one number one prospect from the Vegas Golden Knights, and that's uh, you know Peyton Peyton Krebs, and kid's stud, kid's very good hockey player, not uh, much of a goal scorer. He's more of a uh, he's more of a playmaker type. Uh, he's got insane amount of skill and hockey IQ. Um, and and he's only 20 years old. He's just he's just a kid. So you look at the you know when you start adding him to the high end talent level that Buffalo is starting to put together and acquire. It's uh, there's a lot of good. Uh, well, I mean, he, he's the only piece. That, go ahead, Joe. You were going to say something. I was just going to no, say. No, yeah. I mean, he's no, the only piece we're going to see. In the, yeah, he's the only piece we're going to see that goes into the that out of the deal that we see right away anyway. Right, like Jack's not playing. Tuck's not playing. I mean, Krebs is all eyes on Krebs, really. No, Krebs is going to the minors. Is that for sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, yeah, it was okay. reported. He's, he's okay, reporting good. there. I but, missed but that. Still I was reading see, too many inboxes, uh, all, the, all the news. You're still going to you know. see him in the sense that you're going to see what he can do there and how long they're going to want to be patient with him there. And um, my, my thing was, what do you think changed to make – what was the pressure point to make this deal now? rather than before or after. So what changed to get this deal done and move this deal along, especially because two of your pieces aren't going to be in the lineup. So why does Vegas, what, what has changed on the, their end to make this deal happen? Why did they either come up to the asking price of, of Kevin and the Sabres or wait, there's natural pressure points on all trades, right? And so this wasn't at the draft. This wasn't a free agent type thing. It wasn't a signing bonus coming up that we 
needed to change before that hit. So to me, what has changed to make this deal happen now in November, first week in November, rather than four months ago? Probably that unbelievable deal that Calgary had. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's in all honesty. So what is, you know, where does that well, apparently, come from? Apparently, so yesterday, as we record this on Thursday, yesterday John Vogel tweeted out something about, like, it didn't have anything to do with grievance, but there was something, and I'm paraphrasing here, where the deal had to be done by Friday, okay? Now, I don't know if it was a grievance, and Craig, I was about to tell you this too yesterday, but you were in the car with a bunch of kids. I'm like, the guy also told me, and you're like, I gotta go. And I was like, okay, well, then I guess I don't have anyone to share this with. The person told me that I was talking to that something about Friday. They said, I guess the deal has to be done by Friday. But they weren't sure if it was because of grievance. I called John Vogel last night. We talked about this. And I said, it's amazing that you said this and that it's not grievance related because I said, uh, I heard the same thing, but I didn't make anything of it. I was like, what by Friday was Jack putting heat on him? Or I don't know if Jack was going to get the surgery on his own. And that would have screwed up every deal that might've been on the table. Or if it has something to do with the fact that the Olympic timetable, cause you're in November. So you have November, what's today? The fourth. He's, he's no longer, he, you think, well, hold on. Did he, hold on. Did When's he the, when are the Olympics end of February? Yeah. Craig, how long is the recovery? No, it's beginning of February. Probably. Okay. Okay. Even better. How long is the recovery? You're looking at three months. Do the math now while I wait. Three months plus. Yep. November, December, January, February. That is three months to the day tomorrow will be November 5th. Look up when the Olympics start. I don't start caring about the Olympics till the day after they start. So whenever, so it's about, I see where you're going, but there's, there you, was you heat. That there was heat. To- I, yeah. I think Jack was going to have the surgery. So he's ready for the Olympics. Without the team's permission. It's like, you know what? Enough. I have, and I think that's why the timetable is where it is. Because Jack gets traded literally three months before the Olympics. He has three months for his neck to heal and get ready to come go play in the Olympics and then go back and play in Vegas for the playoffs. If you're Vegas, are you letting your $50 million player test himself out after this surgery at the Olympics? Sure. Minimal role. It's Olympic hockey. Not Minimal a- role. You think, you think Eichel is going to go and be a minimal role at the Olympics. Well, you have to you will not that. go to the Olympics. That's what I'm saying. You're, if you're Vegas, what do you get out of letting him go to Vegas and try? You don't think go, that's go part of the deal. You don't think Rasan says part of this is Jack wants to be in the Olympics. Oh, February 4th that's, to that's February so 20th. Are the February 4th rounder Krebs tuck everything else under the sun. So Jack can play in the Olympics. Does yeah, that not sound a chance. Anything right? Well, wait a minute. Yes, because wouldn't the insurance kick in? And if he got hurt, then it wouldn't be on Vegas's watch. That's not the point. They gave up major pieces in their organization to acquire Jack. Well, if, if he's going to get hurt, he's going to get hurt. What are we talking about here? Like, he could get hurt his first day back on the ice. Why wouldn't you want him to go play against the best players in the world? Right away. Because you're going you're gonna to rush him into that. So now you're using that as a date to be back by. No, six weeks, six weeks was the date. Six weeks was the date that he could be back doing physical activity. That gives him six weeks to get ready. That's the three month mark. So he's not ready to be active in three months. He's ready to be active in six weeks with six weeks, uh, physical training, 
um, rehab you, you, and all this stuff. And he's, then he's good to go. Well, I think the question would be, what has he done for the last eight months then? What has he been able to do for the last eight months? I'd love months? to get a body fat he's caliber not, on him. Because <laughs> he's not going to have a month and a half to get himself into the shape he needs to be. No, but you, we all know this. Player. Hold on a sec. We all know this. And I never suffered any major inner injuries, but you guys may have had surgeries. Craig, I know you had a lot. Geo, I, I, don't, I don't know. But we all know that if you're the healthier and the better shape that you're in going into surgery, the more likely you are to have a fast recovery. I knew guys that were scheduled for surgery in two weeks because they had to let the swelling go down, but they were still exercising and working out and doing all these things so that they weren't just letting their body fall apart, that those two weeks are still crucial all the way up to surgery. So Jack should have been not golfing and eating. He should have been, he can still ride the bike. He can still lift weights. I'm sure of some sort. Now I don't know, but I have to imagine he can. I have a herniated disc right now in my neck and I can do all those things. Okay. I'm not an elite athlete, but he already needs surgery. So all he has to do is work through the pain. He already knows he needs surgery. So he should be in amazing shape right now. I, I don't know. That's why I, I say if he's not, that six-week time frame to go from zero to 100 is a lot of time to make up. Well, that would be on him then, wouldn't it? Like if he's it, it, not... It's on him or, or on what he's been able to do with his neck. Craig, anything? You think he's been able to work out at all? No. Not to the ability that you're talking about. I, I, I know that he's working out and I, I know that he's staying in shape and I'm sure he's riding the bike and I'm sure he's doing a lot of band work and, and uh, you know, things that, you know, would not put rehab types that rehab type back. stuff. I'm certainly yeah. not suggesting that he's throwing four plates on the squat rack and banging out sets of 12 with back he's squats. Good, but he is nowhere near even right now, like he's, he's probably, he's probably nowhere near ready to play. Well, then ask me what kind of conditioning I'm talking about. Can he not get on a bike and do airdyne sprints and wind sprints and all this stuff, keep his lungs and heart ready and his legs fresh and, and yep. still. But, yeah. I, that's, you're doing that in a rehab setting. And then you're still think of, think of when you come back from a summer, we all played. You still weren't, you had worked out as hard as you could with guys that worked out as hard as they could that pushed you. And when you came back, you still felt like crap. You still had to adjust. What I'm talking about right there. And, that, and that's with, that's with months I of, that's with months of hard not, workouts. You're not in game shape. After you are doing wind sprints, you're on the bike, you're doing sprints on the treadmill, you're going to the track, you're lifting and putting yes. four plates on there and but squatting. You're doing everything. That's like me saying I could go guys back and play right now up. because I work just, out five days a week, four or five uh, days a week. Screw you guys. You're just teaming up on me now to make me feel stupid. You, you, know, you know what I'm talking about. I'm just saying keep himself Someone's as going to bring you down off your high horse today. You're the, it's a high horse, the, man. The NHL insider right My now. My ego here. is through the friggin' roof right now with the amount of interview requests I'm getting. <laughs> anyway. Anyways. So yeah. the shape he's in is a mute point in the sense that there's no way if I'm Vegas, I'm letting him start at the Olympics and not with me. Not in the slightest. The chance they're already taking on this trade is huge, let alone doing something like that. You know when, he, you know when Jack Eichel, you know when all the players go on their 
10 day little uh, hiatus to, you know, Jamaica or the Bahamas. You know what Jack's going to be doing? Going to Fiji? He's skating every day. I would not allow him to leave. And I, I don't think they're, they would, and I don't think he would want to. I think he's going to be at that point that he's going to want to step in after the Olympic break. Okay, I want to make a Vegas. bet. I want to make a bet with you guys. I'm going to say that he is going to play in the Olympics. I think this whole thing is about the Olympics, the timing of it. Cup run or Olympics, what are you choosing? That's, that's not what I'm talking That's for you, Petey. That's not for me. But, uh, you know, like, that's, like, he's got a legit chance with Vegas, a legit team. And Does USA I, I just don't think the Olympics are. The United the, States have a legitimate chance at gold medal, Brian Gianta. Yes. American, who was captain of the last Olympic team, by the way. Yes. Okay. I'm, what I'm, I'm just, okay. I posed the question, and no one would know except Jack, but. And you don't I think, think that means something to Jack Eichel? To go there and maybe it does. Canada? I mean, like. This whole thing has been about Jack. What makes you think he's not going to continue to try to make it about Jack? Listen, I think at the end of the day, the pressure point might have been that he was going to go and have his surgery. I don't know if it was because of the Olympics. So maybe he had the ultimatum put in front of him. You know, trade, surgery, you play for Vegas, no Olympics. Maybe there is an ultimatum. There. Yeah, I interesting. Don't know. It's interesting. Well, Craig, I, what, what, why are you so quiet over there? I mean, I feel like, do you, do you think I'm asking I a just, question that's illegitimate? I, wanted, um, I think you're taking, you know, your, your hard stance on this. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure right now if you actually believe the shit that's coming out of your mouth that uh, you've got a guy that's been <laughs> off for ultimately a year that's been in, in, in the biggest fight with his NHL team, possibly in history. He finally gets traded three months later. He's pushing to go to the Olympics. Think about it. This is not a knee. It's not a wrist. It's not a shoulder. It's a neck. And I don't think the Vegas Golden Knights, after giving up a lion's share of talent, is going to allow a guy who's not played in a year, who just came off neck surgery, to go to the olympics okay well then we'll well i guess we'll just we'll bury that conversation i feel like i feel like it's different but we don't have to continue on about that craig you wanted to talk about how the era the old era or the old guard if you will of the sabers is gone risto jack sam now gone but you also wanted to talk about the amount of assets the sabers have acquired in the off season with the wrist of Sam Eichel deal. Yeah, I mean, uh, the old era of, of Jack Eichel, Sam Reinhart, and Rasmus Ristolainen is over. Um, they, were, they were some great players. It, it did not work out here. And I don't, I don't necessarily just blame those players. I'll tell you that right now. I think it was poorly managed. I think that uh, um, they didn't surround those players with the proper players to make them move forward and succeed. And um, I, they're, all three are, are, are very, very strong players, but uh, it's a new era. It's a new era for the Buffalo Sabres. Um, Kevin Adams acquired and, and I think did a really nice job, you know, picking up uh, an incredible young 
goaltender in uh, Devin Levi, who currently right now is playing D1 for, I think, Northeastern, playing very, very well. Um, picked up Robert Hag, which is, you know, he's a fifth, sixth defenseman in the National Hockey League, solid. Alex Tuck is, is a first-line right winger, and he is, going to be, he is going to be a stud. There's no question about it. And uh, Peyton Krebs is, is, is that um, centerman that we wanted in this deal. We wanted an elite, young talent. We wanted another team's number one prospect. And we ended up getting it. And, uh, you know, Peyton Krebs has, has great upside. We don't know where he's going to go. Um, we just know that, you know, through junior hockey, through the world juniors, he has been uh, an extremely high-end player for, for a number of years now. So, so someone that His we're stats, really keep an eye on. His stats in junior are ridiculous. Assist-heavy. He's, but, he's, he's more of a playmaker, right? He is not a goal scorer. I don't think he's a goal scorer. He's more of a playmaker. He's got insane hockey skills and hockey IQ and dynamic ability, but he's more of a setup man. If he were in college, Geo, he definitely would have been a uh, Hobie candidate. Well, that, to be honest, that was a question that I wanted to raise is what do those junior numbers mean as far as translation? Because let's face it. They don't mean anything. I'm sure your numbers were extremely high in junior too. No, mine weren't. <laughs> All right, well, you know what I mean, but like, no, but, there's, but there's there are guys, guys that, that had did... ridiculously high numbers that literally yes. did not amount to shit. Like I played with a guy, yes. played with a guy, and he had hundreds of points in junior. I think he played 25 games in the NHL. I had like yeah. two goals. Played 25 games in the NHL. He made it, but he didn't get. To where yeah, well, that, not the expectation to what you would have expected based off the points. And I say that 100%. college as well. The translation is, it has to be made. Um, you, you, can, you can point to a lot of different things, right? Like Cole Caulfield coming out hot last year and now cooling off a bit. Transitioning yeah. to pro hockey is extremely hard. So a lot of these pieces are still unknown. I do like the fact that there has been a complete overhaul. And you, t you listen to Kevin talk, Kevin Adams talk in the uh, press conference. He didn't bite on the why it didn't work, whether it's with Jack, Risto, or Sam. He didn't bite on that. He was wanting to move forward at this point. Get, forget about the past. There's lots of blame to be had, whether it's players, management, uh, whatnot. But yeah. he didn't go into that. He well, wants to move forward, and he wants to move forward with guys that, that want to said, be right? here. That, 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 that's the message that I got out of that, is that he's not right. taking that bait. He's moving on. The past is the past. It's, 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 it's been very documented how bad it's been. But he's not into that. He's into trying to find solutions. And in that, he's making the moves. Whether the moves are right or not, whether they pan out or not, he's making the moves in the moment that he sees fit to – to help this team move forward and well that question's asked with those guys that question's asked to to paint to paint kevin into a spot where you know he looks like he wants to avoid an answer but it's a quite it's an irrelevant question in a press conference like that like who's going to who's going to sit and and then you know piss on the grave after you know the deals like you know what i mean like why are you gonna, why would why would any executive at a high level do that what's that 
I do believe that there's a lot of GMs that would have answered that question. And you, I think, think so? Kevin Adams, yes, I do. Really? I think that Kevin Adams, Kevin Adams is focused. There is no question that he has a focus and he does not want to talk about Sam Reinhardt or Rasmus Ristolainen or Jack Eichel and why things didn't happen and why could have they have done more and could have they have done this? Why? He is about what he has in front of him. He is about the team that he has in front of him and trying to develop and make these guys better. He is going to implement, you know, um, you know, a, a, a system that is going to resonate through the entire organization and how they do things. And I think that he answered it very well and, and he didn't answer it. He is about well, the I, 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 here now. And I think Granado has done that on, on the ground for him, right? Like Granado has been a guy that has changed the mindset of who's still around um, and, and wanting to be here and wanting a different thing and not worrying about who they don't have who they've lost or who they've gotten rid of. He hasn't talked about that at all. He hasn't wanted to talk about Jack. He hasn't wanted to talk about the departures. There's nothing good to say. There's nothing good to say because I've never heard anything good about Jack. But but if I'm the player, if I'm a player in that dressing room, that's what I want to hear from my coach is that I don't care what is not in the room. I care what's in the room Yeah. because he's giving those guys very inexperienced, uh, super talented guys, the confidence to just go out there and play and, 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 and learn and develop and, and do their thing without having to worry about all the other stuff. That's you know, the for, point I was making. For such a popular player on the ice, and I don't want to turn this into a Jack Eichel bashing moment, but you know, and, and, and it won't be because I have a lot of respect for him and I can't imagine the amount of pressure he had to endure when he was here. Would have driven me nuts. But just what I've heard about how he was communicating with his fellow teammates. Uh, you know, I, I feel like, I feel like for such a big star, there were, there should have been more opportunity or more reputation of a guy who's loved as well as, you know, just lo- than other than just being loved for how talented he is. I mean, and that's all I'll say about that because there have been tons of speculation about, you know, players tiptoeing around Jack. He doesn't talk to other players. He only talks to certain players. He makes the environment in the room very uncomfortable. I'm not telling you guys anything that you haven't heard. I'm just telling you what I've heard. And there are lots of guys that have been like that in the past. I mean, but they don't last long because normally they're not the stars. They're not the stars. They're not the captains, right? They're not your franchise players, you know? And if they are, they aren't put in the spotlight like Jack was. Was Jack ever a captain? I feel bad bad for Jack. I I feel bad that he even got put in that situation to, you know, to wear wear a C on his jersey. And I, I just don't, believe that um he had a lot of pressures he had a tremendous amount of uh, amount of pressure here in buffalo it was a team that was not trend- trending in the right direction the team had made disastrous trades they were flipping band-aids on the on the roster yeah. you know every single year jack got more and more frustrated um and it just became an environment where, you know, it was, it was sinking and it was not a good environment to be in. And listen, I mean, we can sit here and talk about, 
you know, this today, but there's going to be a point in time when we're going to take a deep breath in the next couple of days where we're not going to have to talk about this anymore. And, 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 and the people, the fans of, of the Buffalo Sabres are going to be able to exhale because there's been a lot happened to this team in the last little while. It has not been a good hockey team for a number of years. They've been picking first overall or in a, in a top five position for a number of years. They want to, they want, they want some relief. They want to see this team develop and, and become a, a very competitive team. And, I do believe that when we spoke about, you know, Owen Power getting drafted number one overall, and we had spoke at length about this, that we think it's best. And this is just me as a professional uh, or a, a former professional NHL defenseman. I just look at that young man and think he is going to be a really, really good defenseman but he does not need to play here in this environment yet let him develop at another level get all of the ice time learn those leadership qualities at a different level learn tough games at, at a different level be play the lion's share of of the tough minutes at a different level and then bring that here to buffalo and i think that kevin adams i think that the buffalo sabers have nailed it you got a Owen Power staying in 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 Michigan. Um, you've got a JJ Paterka that has the ability to play in the National Hockey League probably now with a skill set, but he's playing in the American Hockey League. Jack Quinn scored a six goal in what eight or nine games. He is on fire and he's gaining he's gaining and learning how to be a professional. Maybe not at the NHL level but he's right there and he's learning that it's tough. He's learning the travel. He's learning how to, to live on his own for the first time. And all these little things that make you a, a player in the highest league. And uh, the news coming out today about Peyton Krebs, Peyton Krebs is going to the minors. It was probably one of the most eyebrow raising thing of all. And guess what? It's exactly where he should be. Go and dominate at that level. Go and work at that level. Yeah, he has five bring... assists in two games. He has thir- well, he has 13 games in the NHL, one assist. Nine games this year, one assist. I mean, like, look, Sam Reinhardt had similar stats. His first year in the NHL, I mean, he was 18, but he, you know, he played nine games. He had the one assist. He had and... a bad line mate. Whoa. Was he was line, on, was his first mate. assist came, he was mate. on a line was... with Cody McCormick. What are you talking about? And me. Was it you and Cody McCormick yeah. and Sam yeah. Reinhardt? That was the three of us for his, his what, he played nine games or whatever before he w- went back to junior? Gio, um, I am not even going to blow smoke when I say this. When you were here, when you were here, you went on a streak there where you started to score some goals. All, I used to tweet all the time, give Gio more ice time. Give him more ice time. Listen, and I, I, I won't go there. You're but welcome. like so, so Reinhardt was extremely young, 18 years old. And uh, Cody Hodgson was also um, on his downtrend at the time. Um, So that was my introduction to Buffalo. And so you need, I'll transition it into what I went through as far as college and pro. You need that time to be that guy. You're going to be that guy in Rochester. Those guys are going to be looked at and, and put in positions uh 
to develop as far as playing the right minutes, playing the right situations. I stayed in college for four years. It was a much different time back then, but that allowed me to go through the process of sophomore, junior, senior year of taking on more of a leadership role, taking on, I was, I was power play. I was penalty kill all four years, but I had to learn the off ice stuff, the bringing teammates in the uh, inclusion of everyone, the uh, management of, of teammates, like all the stuff that goes into it, Rivs, you know, and PD, you know, too, away from the rink, not just on the ice. There's a lot you need to learn. And, and, you know, uh, those guys, uh, the guys that last you stay longer, in college or, or you go to the minors, those are the things that help you along the way is those little things. I started in New Jersey and I went to the river rats. It, it's, you need it, it was, it was Lou. It was part of his mindset is that you, you need a humbling. You want, yeah. You humble. Hey, this is your, I was good enough. I could have made that team out of camp, but you're going to go down and you're going to play and you're going to be hungry for when you get back up here, that it's not a given to be here. Which right. Gianta scored three goals in their first American league game. Was that you? My brother. No, my brother. Peter. Yeah. 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 Hat trick in his first game, right? With yeah. uh, Albany. Wasn't he with Albany? Yeah, he, yeah, I remember being. Either, I don't remember if it was Albany or Lowell at the time. I think it was Albany. But I remember I was in the American League. I think when that happened. Um, well, it's it's interesting that you say that. All, all of that, you know, you were with Riv. You were actually about to say something, and I, I commented on which Gianna scored three goals. You probably don't remember anyway, do you? I don't. Yeah, no, I, I know you don't. Um, the hell was I just about to say, Gio? It was, it was right off of something that that you were literally just talking about. It's great that this is well, I will, well, I will, what I will say is this that, um, you know, as much as and I love how the Sabres started their season this year, they won a few games, feel good, put, put things in, in perspective. I did say that, you know, listen, the bubble is going to burst here a little bit. They're very young, they're very um, immature. And they're, they're, they need to win and lose and win and lose to become a team that's going to win more games than you lose. And it, it's, it's, through, it's through development. And there's some young players right now that are playing very well, that are getting better. There's some players that continue that they need to improve their game, okay? And this is going to be an up-and-down season for the Sabres. It's not going to be an easy one. Um, but I will say this, that every year beyond this point in time, you are going to see a different Sabres hockey team. I think it's going to be better because the players and the prospects that we have in the system here are really good players. And the Sabres are going to be a good team. They just need to be patient. They need to develop their right, the, the right star players. And on top of that, Kevin Adams needs to continue to improve the roster around those young players. And that will happen naturally. That will happen uh, as things go along and you see how these, these kids develop and what they can develop into, what type of player they will be, and then it figures out the holes that you need to fill along the way. Well, I'll say this as we wind down our time here. I'm st the reason why I'm sitting here puzzled is I can't remember what the hell it was I was trying to ask you. Gio, I thought it was like a 
I thought it was an Emmy Award winning question. My um, bad. I say that, you know, as a little plug to myself, you know, not only broke the, uh, broke the, the Eichel trade this week, also, uh, you know, won an Emmy this week as a, as a, as a member of that Ray Domi uh, feature that, that the uh, Sabres put out a couple of years ago. So we won an Emmy for that, but that's not even what I'm most excited about this week, guys. That's like, I'd say Emmy number two, Eichel trade number three, number one hasn't even happened yet. And it's already in the books. Do you know what it is? What's going to make – what could top the week I've had? Other than the fact that I have to pay for something today and it's going to put Craig Reve in a position where he's going to owe me $900, which is wonderful. That, that He's going to have to owe me money. <laughs> but, but let's put that aside for a sec. What could it be? You tell me. Brent Sopel is going to join the show tomorrow with the three of us. Brent Sopel – is meeting with the NHL today, Gary Bettman, and uh, he's obviously been, you know, for Kyle Beach, Brent Sobel's a hero. Uh, so is Nick Boynton. Uh, they were the first two, along with uh, uh, Vincent. Is it Paul Vincent? Yes. Paul Vincent to come forward and, and, and uh, talk about Kyle Beach's story and, and say that it players knew. And they took a big, a big risk by doing it, and he's agreed to join us. And Gio... When I messaged him, I said, uh, and I know him a little bit. I don't know him well, but I know him a little bit. And I know when I hung out with him, he was, he is the, he is one of the, I don't even know him. And if, if none of this ever happened uh, with, and I wish it didn't with the Chicago thing and some random person said, Hey, do you know Brent Sopel? I would smile and say, I never played with Brent Sopel, but I love Brent Sopel. Okay. He is, he's one of the greatest guys you'll ever 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 come across and i have no idea where i met him it was either at nhlpa meetings or at some charity events that we had done along the way and and i, I just i can't remember and i can't wait to ask him because every time we got together we had an unbelievable time okay and geo you probably know why because you play with him yeah but when i told him when i asked him if he would come on i said i you know we're doing this i said geo's gonna be on with us friday he said love geo and and would love to have Gio on with us when we did it, and and so he he brought you up right away when uh, when we mentioned it. So, so 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 he's the reason I get two spots this week is because of soaps. No, you bring on a former teammate, no. and then like so. No, I, I'm not quite sure because you're, like, trying, to be like a, no, that you're trying to be a dick right now. But no, no, no I like it. that he I like that he wants me to be on, and I like that. You know, I mean, maybe I feel like I'm being used because he's a former teammate of mine and you're using me. He, no, no, no. He's, I actually scheduled him for Friday no, so that he could be on with you. I said, what day works? He goes, ah, Friday. I go, great, Gio's on. <laughs> that's actually how it really happened. And then, and then you had to that's text actually, me and be like, Gio, can you do Friday? <laughs> I tried to paint you up to be this, you know, larger-than-life figure, you know, metaphorically, was, metaphorically speaking. Yes, yes. But that <laughs> right? was also before your big breaking news this morning too. So now, <laughs> now you are the, you know, so, one we have to so take you, peg or two. Jail. Your special two-week segment is because of the Eichel trade. Uh, That's okay. why. All right, all right, all right. So in reality, Sopel's had a busy week and it just worked really well on Friday. So it really had nothing to do with you. I was just trying to... Make it sound like it was a little better than it was. No, it's Gio good. No, he did. He did. He said Friday would work. I'd love to. I'd love to chat with Gio. It's exactly what he said. So it's I'm amazing making... how big your head is right now. Gio, do you do you know Petey? Oh yeah, yeah. What? 
It is incredible. There's a big difference in your attitude and just the way, look at you smiling. (laughs) You're you're so full of shit. I don't have no idea what you're talking about. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Beside that that mask, is there going to be like your little Emmy? Now, yes. like, when I does that come a, in? I will throw an Emmy there. there will, and that's, do, do you get something in recognition of being the new insider, too? Like, do you get, like, a little, little lightning bolt that, patch that little, I get to put little, on little my... little plaque that you get to put up there, too, that say no, you broke the biggest trade in 10 years? It's a sticker, and it goes right here. And like, like, you know, like, it's like uh, captain's wings when you're a pilot. That's, that's, you get, like, like a little, little something. It's a, yeah, I don't know. Self-pride type thing. No, but in reality, Gio, here's what happened. Here's what happened. Okay. So, so I called, I called Craig today and I told him, you know, about, I'm like, listen, you're never going to, you're never going to believe this, but I think, I think I broke the Eichel trade. And he's like, what do you mean? So then we hang up and then we talk, we talk a little bit later (laughs) and he, and he picks up the phone. He goes, Petey, I cannot believe that we broke the Eichel trade. (laughs) (laughs) All of a sudden, he threw the we out there. (laughs) He was still snoozing away. Hey, so quickly. I guess like I just... (laughs) And it's so not true. It is unbelievable. Wrap Wrap this up. I swear to God, that's true. Brent Sopel tomorrow. Thank you to everybody for listening to After the Whistle. Uh, It's been a great show. A lot of fun. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at the Instigator 76 And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.